Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Barnabas Speaks Podcast. I'm your host, Cloyd Brown, and this is your first time listening. The Barnabas Speaks Podcast is a podcast about faith. It's a podcast about encouragement. It's a podcast about empowerment. I pray everyone is doing well. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I really do pray that everyone's doing well as we are quarantined and even as states begin to phase their way open uh, here in North Carolina. We are, in, we are getting ready to enter phase two at five o'clock on Friday. But I, I do urge you, I do uh, caution you to make sure that you're using good wisdom. Uh, make sure that you're using, uh, that you're being healthy and that you're being safe. Uh, that you just don't run back to everything that you that you want to do or that you feel that you've been missing out on. I say that because uh, while we are slowly releasing up, it's sometimes it's about time, sometimes it's about economy, sometimes whatever it is, that's what it's about. And so I want to caution you because I, I, I care about you. I have concerns about you. I'm praying for you. The past few weeks we have been dealing and talking with on the subject of what now, now what? What do you do after you are saved? What do you do after you accept Christ? What do you do after you have declared that you believe in Jesus Christ? How do you handle that? Because after that, life is not just that simple after you accepted Christ. It's not as simple as I'm saved now and everything's okay. So we've been dealing with those different things and today I want to talk about sin and the trauma of sin. Uh, I, I want to use my personal life. I think it's easier to use my personal life. And I think about the trauma of sin. I think about the trauma and the cycle of sin and all the things that, that, that goes with it. I think that we often we try to separate ourselves from from sin. We try to separate ourselves from the actions that we've done. And while we try to separate ourselves from sin, which is good, we should find ourselves separate from sin, living towards righteousness and holiness. But we don't deal with it in a very constructive way. We don't deal with the fact that we have we do have a past and we have stumbled and we there are things that we have that we now must go through. Spirit for some of us is spiritual therapy. For some, for others, it's actual physical therapy because we've been trauma. We have been traumatized by sin, and I say the trauma of sin not just about sin that you have committed on your own or that you have committed, but sin that was committed to you. What do you do when the, whether it's your caregiver, whether it's your parents, whether it's your your siblings, when they have introduced you to sin that they, they, they have caused trauma in your life? I am not a therapist. I am not uh, going to begin to act like I'm a subject matter expert on trauma. But I can speak on the, the spiritual aspect of it, if you will. I, I can speak from a, a, a first person seat. I remember the first time that I was introduced to pornography. It was not so much a uh, introduction like here, here goes pornography, but I remember I remember peeking through uh, my my parents' bedroom door and seeing 
porn on the on the screen. I remember. Uh, I, I remember not knowing to, what to do with my young arousals. I remember being exposed to this thing before I had maturity to deal with the exposure. And so sometimes we are, it's okay that we're exposed to certain things, but we must understand that we don't always have the maturity to, to handle, to deal with the exposure. A lot of times, and this is a little side, a lot of times we want to be exposed, we, we want exposure, but we don't have the maturity. And, and, and I'm dealing with sin now, but that it goes beyond things. Some of us want to be known. Some of us want it to be exposed. Maybe you have a desire to be, be an a, a R&B artist or a gospel artist, or, or maybe you do seek fame. And maybe you can be exposed. And maybe it is God's will for you to to... to to be exposed, whether you're an actor, whether you're a comedian, whether you're uh, a, a business developer, maybe it is God's will that you be exposed and that, 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 that you are successful in that. But the other side of that, once again, this is a little side, is that before God can expose you, he has to mature you. Because there's some things that we go through, that we go, th- that we reach too quickly and when not our mat- level of maturity has not reached the level of exposure that we have but I want to I want to go back to this the trauma of sin is that sometimes the sin that we're exposed to the nature that we're exposed to is not by our own doing now this is not to critique my my, my parents or anything like that I, I was exposed to it I re- I can remember vividly the verse, very first pornography I've ever seen. It was in the house. I remember it very clearly. Uh, and name, not so much scenes, but I remember it. And this is my exposure to it. I, I remember. I, I remember things that would that would would was how things were handled and dealt with when it came to even sexual education like uh, I think about even my sexual education I realized that it really didn't happen I think we, we have this like yes what I mean is that a conversation with my parents explaining the spiritual aspects of, of sex and the, explaining the, the spiritual even aspects of sin only thing that we're told about sin much like the only thing that we're generally told about sex is don't have it don't do it but we, we're, we're not really exposed. No, we're not really taught, which, which brings on education, brings on maturity. And so we're not really taught on how to deal with it. We're not really t- taught on how to deal with I'm talking about a young age as we're, we're exposed, we're told, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. And, and but we're not taught how to, how do you deal with when sin, what to do when, uh, how do you, what do you do when sin finds you? When it, when, when it, when it comes upon you, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with it? It, 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 it's prayer, yes. But we must also realize is that there are times when sin comes upon you, when prayer is too late. It, sound, it sounds crazy. It's crazy because, because in your mind, you're very committed to it. 
I've never needed prayer. I've let me get let me go back. I've needed prayer before I've reached the temptation. Not while I'm in the temptation, because I've prayed while I'm in the temptation, and I've already made up my mind that I was going to do it. I need I, what we what we need is the prayer before we ever get to that temptation. Before we hit it, we should we need prayer. Then we're not taught about that. We are often told to pray when we come to the temptation. To pray when we when we're face to face with it. But I don't want to get caught up in that aspect of sin and that act of temptation. What happens when you're introduced at a young age to 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 pornography? What happens when you when when you are sexually abused and now you, now your mind is opened up to this thing called 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 sex and your mind is opened up to this thing called pornography and then your mind is opened up and you don't know what to do with it. You have been traumatically introduced to something. That, you, that you've been traumatically exposed to something that you're not mature enough to, to handle. And what we what we what we do in, in the church and our, some of our failure is, is that we say, just pray it out. And prayer is great. But some of us need tutelage. Some of us need to know how, what do we do with the child that has been inappropriately touched? And now they must deal with the fact that they were inappropriately touched, but they like the, they like the sensation of the touch. What do you do? What do you do now? What, 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 what do you do now that you, you have accepted Christ, but in your acceptance of Christ, you cannot shake the the. the, the the proclivities of your flesh. You cannot escape the thing that you like. You cannot, cannot, cannot escape that you like pornography. You cannot escape that you like the the, the, the feeling of orgasm. You cannot escape that that why you want to live this, why you want to live for Christ, and why you want to give up premarital sex, and why you want to give up cussing, and you want to give up drinking, and you want to give up all these things. You like it. And you like it and you were exposed to it before you knew how to control it. You were exposed to it before you knew how to control it. And it was out of your control, the exposure. It's out of your control that the language that you have learned and picked up. You, you can't help it that you heard cussing every day in your house. You can't help that you heard, heard your, your, your mom's boyfriend call your, your mother a female dog. And, and she never corrected it. She never, she, she didn't know how because, because she was traumatically exposed to it. And, and now, me, young Chloe, I, I, I know that I was younger than 12 or 13 when I first seen this pornography. I know it. I know for a fact. I know it because I was still, we were still living in New York and we didn't move to New York till I was 10. And we didn't leave New York till I was 10. And so it was there I, because I can vividly see the room. I can vividly see the crack, the, the, the wood door, looking through the crack of my parents' bedroom. Can see it clearly. We were exposed to it traumatically, and now I don't know what to do with it. And now I, I enjoy the sensation before I'm mature enough to know what the sensation is. See, the the, the sin is not the sensation. But I'm exposed to this before I realize 
with the proper place of the sensation, the proper environment for the sensation. What do we do, beloved? We have a responsibility to teach young people, teenagers, adults, those that come into the fold of the Christian church, the Christian faith, what to do with sin. We, we, we have responsibility. We have, we have a, a general responsibility because they're, they, they need to know more than what to do when you get into church. They need to know more than how to usher. They need to know more than how to sing in the choir. They need to know more. They need practical life lessons. And the fact is that in, in every mind, in, in every church, there are people dealing with these things. And what we've been telling we've been telling young people to whip to marry for sex, but we have not dealt with the fact that once you open the gate, it's open, and we have not dealt with the fact that 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 one one out of every three, and I'm not really this is not a, a, a solid statistic, so let me pull back on the statistic. But you're going to run into the chance that that there is a a multitude of young women. There are a multitude of young men that were exposed to sexual situations before they were mature enough to deal with it. And they were exposed not by their own choosing, but by someone trusted has touched them or exposed them prematurely. And now they do not know what to do with that sensation. They do not know what to do with that desire. They do not know what to do with it. And the other side of it, where we have failed them, is that we as a church, we as parents, we as leaders have not done a good job of communicating on, on, on one, what is sex? Two, what is sin? And I, I'm saying sex and sin, they are not a, the synonymous with each other. We have made the subject of sex and we have made the subject of sin and talking about it so taboo that 90% of the people in our, in, our, in our sanctuaries don't know what to do with it, don't know how to handle it, don't know how to combat it, don't know who to go to, don't know who, who to talk to. Because it's so taboo. We tell people not to sin. You've been told countless times not to sin. But that's it. That's where it stops. How, what, what does the person do that likes the taste of alcohol more than they like the taste of water or soda? What do, do we do to the person that was exposed, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. That was exposed to sexual situations. And now they like the sensation, they like the taste. They don't know what to do with it. And they are beating themselves up because we told them that 
the wages of sin and death, and they are. And that if you're going to be a Christian, you have to stop doing this thing. You have to stop having premarital sex. But we have not given them any tools. We don't have the infrastructure to help them, support them, to let these things go. And to top it off, we have not done no, a good job of having the Bible in one hand and the therapist number in the other. There are genuine people that need therapy because they were dramatically assaulted. We have been so quiet about domestic violence and domestic abuse and, 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 and child abuse because we have said that what goes on in this house stays in this house. And I am a product of those kind of comments. But not only that, I'm also a product of domestic abuse in my household. And not only that, I'm also a product of child abuse in my household. And I've been, I have not said that out loud. Because what goes on in this house stays in this house. That's just family business. There are people that have been hurt and, 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 and traumatized by people that are supposed to trust and protect them and they don't know what to do with it. Well, there are families right now with secrets right now of child molestation, of, of incestual babies. And we hold it a secret because it's family business and we didn't want such and such to go to jail. And we, we, this, I remember clearly. I remember clearly. It was one of my last Christmases in New York. My, my mother crying out. Because my father was abusing her. And I didn't know what to do. I was seven. And I remember it. Like it was yesterday. And what do you do with that? person that witnessed it luckily I was in my bed I didn't actually have to witness it but there's people that had to witness it and now I have to deal with it I remember I remember clearly in college there's a there's, she's a woman now that said that she watched her dad beat her mother so much and so when she got in relationships and man beat, beat her, she thought it was love. She thought that a function of love was abuse. And we can say, no, that can't be now. But when you are exposed to something before you, you have the mature, mature knowledge enough to decipher for yourself, you will confuse 
and you will interpret it to be something that is not because you're not mature enough. Your mind is not mature enough to, to wrap around and to decipher what you've been exposed to. And so you call this love. And you identify it as love. And so when it happens to you, you are not. You have processed this information for so long as love that has become a law for you. Law not in the sense of, 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 of speeding is against the law. Or is the law to not go over the speed limit. But a law of science. But now this is a law of your mental capacity. It's just like any other law of science. Because over time, you've witnessed it and saw it. It's become a law for you. It's become a standard for you. So you now correlate and associate love with abuse. Because your, your immature mind grew to believe and was, was taught through experience that that was love. Now, the, the, what we don't tell you is that the only way to break that traumatic thinking is to hit it head on. And sometimes hitting it head on and going head to head with this traumatic, this, this, this traumatic way of thinking, of interpreting love, is through sessions of therapy. And the therapist helps you to face that thing. There's other times where God bombard you with a spiritual awakening. Now, he can do it in both and simultaneously. It doesn't mean that it has to be one or the other. It can be one or the other, but it doesn't have to be one or the other. It could be both. And so this person now need someone to break them, not break them, but break the cycle of their thinking so that way we can now insert a new piece of information. There are people that are suffering from the trauma of sin committed to them, sin exposed to them, and don't know how to deal with it. And we have not considered in the church, we have not considered in our faith that they are trauma-filled Christians that have been traumatized by sin and don't know what to do with it.
they have been exposed before their before their level of maturity was able to interpret it the correct way. And so my exposure to pornography, my first lesson or experience in sex, and it's not combated with a conversation about sex. See, the challenge in, in, in sex education is that it's just providing information. So in fifth grade, we uh, in fifth grade I was it was the first time I ever had sex ed, and then I think I had it again in seventh or eighth grade, educational wise. And so what really happens? The information is just presented to us. It's not like math. It's not like science. And it's not even like history. It's just presented but no application. And generally you go home and those are not things that we talk about. So there is not an environment for a, what, what some people would call a sex positive conversation surrounding these things that you have been exposed to, but also this, this information. I can sum up my birds and the bees talk that I had, and I don't even know what age I had it, but only thing I was taught, and from a Christian standpoint, is that if one try to wait to marriage, but if you do do it, use protection. There's no other information after that. That's the conversation. But I have that. But then I have this exposure to something. So my first entrance into sex is pornography. And then 12:13 comes and I hit puberty. And I have these arousals, and I've over I've been exposed to, to 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 pornography before I reached 10. And my eye gate, my eyes liked what I saw, so I begin to watch it more. But there is no insert insert insertion rather of information between before 10 and probably about 23. So we'll say, and I'm being, I'm being maybe liberal conservative, we'll say eight years old. So from eight to 23, I have nothing to no tools to truly come to change my exposure 
or to, to change my maturity level or my wisdom and knowledge of what I've been exposed to at a young age. Now, you may say that pornography by itself or sex by itself does not have to be traumatic. But when you take it into the lens that I was roughly eight years old, the first time that I saw it, eight, with no information to, to help interpret it, Really, until I'm 23. Yes, I had sex education class in fifth and eighth grade. But it was just a information dump. Understand that in, I think in fifth grade, sex education was about a week. Eighth grade, sex education, in the grand scheme of things, was just about, you just learn about the reproductive system. And you learn about sexual transmitted disease. And I, and I think that I kind of remember watching a birth that's it everything else that I learned about sex was either from my peers through pornography or being overexposed nothing to, conf- to, to help me to interpret the information interpret what I'm seeing nothing to guide me so at, from 8 to 23 15 years And even when there were signs of me sneaking pornography, buying pornography, it was a boys will be boys thing. But I'm not even sure it was a boys will be boys thing. I'm not sure my parents knew how to have the conversation because of how they were brought up. I say this a lot. I think this has to be expanded, uh, which means we're going to have conversations more. And I may try to have a guest uh, so we can have a, a conversation about this. But what do you do when you've been traumatically exposed and you've been exposed, exposed before you had the maturity level to deal with it? So. This, not to say that at six, five years old, I was perfect, but this begin, if, if we're talking about one of my greatest struggles as a Christian, as a man, it has been pornography, it has been uh, sex. Now, sex by itself is not a sin. I need, to, I need to make sure you understand this. But if I'm exposed to it before I have the maturity level to understand that, and the only thing I have to combat it is don't do it, but no tools or application, then I, I, I can't disrupt the cycle. How do we disrupt the cycle when we've been exposed prematurely? Like the fact is that we have lived in a world of do as I say, and not as I do. This is how we grew up. 
and we've, we've, we've lived in a world of, of cover up and family business and we don't talk about this and this, this and that. But unless we talk about it, we can't expose the trauma. Most people go to therapy to recover from trauma. But the only way to recover from the trauma is to expose the trauma. And that's what happens. You begin to talk about it and expose it. And then the therapist gives you tools on how to cope and how to deal with the trauma and how to, 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 to heal from the trauma. And we have a generation of people that have been traumatically exposed to all different kinds of things and they have now come to the church and quite frankly, they may not know how to be the Christian that you told them they had to be. They may not know how to be the usher that you taught them to be, how to be the brother and sister that you told them to be, how to be the mother and wife that you told them to be, how to be the husband and, 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 and father that you told them to be. Because there's still a part of them that has been traumatically exposed to something that they have never been given the wisdom to, com to combat. We're going to continue this conversation. I am, uh, this is like, I have so much more, but I'm trying to, I realize that I have a short window of time in these podcasts. I really do. And uh, I want to get people, I want to, to get people thinking. We have to begin to equip the saints. We have to begin to equip the saints with the tools they need to live practically and strive to live righteous lives. And some, sometimes it's going to be more than just telling them to pray. Sometimes it's going to be they're going to, they're going to need an accountability partner. If, if we believe that part of AA is having a sponsor, I call it anonymous, and that sponsor is basically accountability partner. So when you struggle, you can call them. But also you just may have a team of people you can call. And we have removed some of the stigma of alcoholism. But what about the stigma of, 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 of promiscuity? And what do I do with that? What about the stigma of having a high sex drive but not married not in a relationship but you enjoy it and you don't know how to stop 
It's the accountability department for that. And we need to begin to truly be strong in strength and bear the infirmities of the weak. This is scripture. We have to be able to bear the infirmities of the weak. And sometimes it's not just through prayer. It's through accountability. And we want to talk about some of those things. We want to talk about sometimes, hey, when you go on a date, you say, hey, if I don't call you by this time, you need to give me a call. This is where I'm going to be. I, if I don't call you by this time, this is the way that the same way you would do it for the safety of like physical safety. This is your spiritual safety. Hey, I'm trying to stop cussing. I need you. Every time I cuss, I need you to call me out on it. No matter where we are. In fact, I'll give you a dollar. Hey, listen, my problem is not going out and having it. My problem is that if, if, I, if I don't have an accountability department, if I don't have someone I can call, I'm, when I get bored and when I get down and when I get depressed, I'm going to watch this pornography. It's how I deal with stress. We got to deal with these things. We, we need... To give the Christian practical ways to deal with the trauma of sin. We always we talk about the sin cycle, that sin has a cycle. It's so much that we have to touch on. I hope this podcast is helping you to, to equip you. I'm not just here to give you information. I'm here to let you know that one that when you listen to this podcast, you're not, you're, and I'm not just a, a proclaimer of the gospel. I am also a client of the gospel. That, that, remember that old, uh, that old saying, the hair club or the hair grow club, whatever it's called. Where it's like I'm not just a, a spokesperson. I'm also a client. I'm not just proclaiming the gospel. I'm a client of the gospel. I need the gospel daily. I need Christ daily, just like you. And I, I open myself, I crack myself open so that way you can see that I have some of the same struggles as you. That the Christian you see now is not because I, was, that I had such a perfect upbringing. But I crack myself open. Not for the sake of transparency's sake. Not to air my family's dirty laundry but that you may realize that you're not alone. And that there's hope for me, there's hope for you. And there's hope for me, there's hope for you. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. That's what it means if he did it before, he can do it again. If he did it for me before, he can do it for you this time, which will be again. We have to change the way that we are doing church. Because people are dying. People are struggling. And they need practical ways to live for Christ and to leave their old life alone. And we're going to deal with that. For as long as it takes, we're going to be keep on in this vein. I pray that this this short session has been 
a blessing to you. And we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. We're gonna go again next week. If you need an accountability partner, if you need to reach out to someone, you want someone to help you deal with. With if you want someone that has dealt with, struggled with, and sometimes has to 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 realign their mind so that way they don't fall back in it. I'm here. Reach out to me. My email is C-L-O-Y-E-D dot S dot Brown at gmail.com. C-L-O-Y-E-D dot S dot Brown at gmail.com. Email me. Inbox me on Facebook. Cloyd S. Brown. Inbox me. Uh, DM me on IG. Cloyd Brown. Twitter, Gentleman Cloyd. Do what you need to do. Reach out to me. We can walk together. I'm willing to be your accountability partner. You don't have to do this alone. And I want you to prophesy over your own life. Say, God bless you, God love you. Until next week. Remember, never let your independence rob you from your independence on God. God bless you.